0: What does it mean to innovate in an industry that's thousands of years old and is still extremely competitive? Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation. I'm the producer, Victory Clafter. This is episode 46, part one of our interview with Derek Mock, Senior Innovation Brand Manager at Anheuser-Busch. Derek told Brian about the way he and his team have been innovating through their latest project, the Best Damn Brewing Company. Derek's insights about their process are especially helpful for anyone working to solve a marketing problem that's tied to an emotional conflict. To make that next leap in beer brewing and marketing, Derek references that they relied on design thinking, lean methods, and startup engagement, all of which we're going to hear more about in part two. Also, listen in at the end to find out how you yourself can be on this podcast. Hi there, listeners. We've got a way for you to get even more practical insight on the world of corporate innovation. Take part in the first Inside Outside Innovation Summit happening June 19th through the 21st in Lincoln, Nebraska. Corporations, startups, partnerships, award-winning speakers, a $100,000 pitch contest for startups, plus other prizes, and Midwestern hospitality. If you want more info, jump back a few episodes and listen to our special summit announcement episode, or go to the iosummit.com where you can also get your ticket. Now, let's get started.
1: Beer is an emotion-led brand-building category, right? You're really, you know, you talk to people and ask them what they love about a brand, and it's often a story that they have associated with it. Right, in some cases, it's oh well, this is 95 calories and only 2.6 grams of carbs, so easier drinking, you know, and more brushing. Right, for example, uh, mm-hmm. so you sometimes get functional claims, but it's not nearly as clear cut from a function claim standpoint as. You know, this Swiffer pad uh, cleans 30% more than the last one, right? It's not that type of category competitiveness in part because of alcohol advertising law, right? And so it's, it's an interesting challenge and it's been a great honor to learn, to your point, from a business that's been around for so long with such a storied history and such an amazing stable of brands.
2: So let's unpack that. You've obviously been around the block uh, as far as new product introductions, things along those lines. But when you think about a brand like Anheuser-Busch and the product itself, beer, being made for centuries, nowadays, how do you kind of apply some of these new innovative thinking to something, again, that's been done or redone over and over again for centuries? Uh, How do you apply that, uh, some of these new innovation thinkings to the world of beer?
1: I think that's a great question, Brian. Honestly, the way I would describe it is it's an industry that is relentlessly curious and, and also, frankly, highly competitive, right? There are, in the U.S. alone, there are now over 5,000 breweries as of this year. And one of our 10 principles at Anheuser-Busch is to never be fully satisfied with where we are or what our results are, to always push ourselves forward. So mm-hmm. for me personally, it really jives with our, with our company culture. And in the U.S., our market position, we're fortunate to be the leader in the category, right? So our responsibility to U.S. consumers, to our wholesalers, to our retailers, to the industry as a whole is to continue to, to push ourselves forward, right? And, and ultimately, we do that through a combination of things, right? So we, as you would imagine, uh, and as, as happens across industries, we try to really spend time with our consumers. We understand trends. We spend time with people who we view sort of on the, on the leading edge, uh, of trends to understand what could follow, use a combination of things to predict how widespread those trends are likely to be as one bit. But we also use techniques, you know, at this point, it's, it's very commonly talked about, but uh, design thinking, which is applied from the startup world. And to your point, we're able actually, when we do things well, we're able to do things that you can do in a startup, but also things that you, in addition to those things that you can't do in a startup, right? We can use scrappy design thinking techniques, but then also use More traditional forms of research, thanks to the resources of the firm that we're operating in, to together come to what we believe is uh, the best set of outcomes. So, I think uh, that's
2: a huge advantage for for corporations is the fact that they do have some of the resources that a startup wouldn't have or a microbrew wouldn't have. And if the the individuals within the bigger corporation can understand how to move nimbly and understand that you know a lot of this is uh, much more customer driven than ever before, and apply those uh, advantages. In a more iterative, innovative approach, I think you have massive advantages that corporations, I think, are just now kind of beginning to understand that they can take advantage of.
1: I agree. And then one additional thing I'd add to your point, the category has been around for a while. People have been brewing beer literally for thousands of years. And and this company, you know, operates largely in one very large category, right? The beer or the alcohol category. And so one thing that we try to do a lot, in part, we hire both from the ground up from campuses, right? And push those, teach those folks and push them to grow uh, at the pace of their talent, their results. But then we also are comfortable hiring externally. So you infuse the organization with folks with a variety of industry backgrounds. It's your point. I worked at p before coming here. And that collective set of knowledge helps to keep us honest and keep us aware of what the leading thinking is across several sets of industries. Mm-hmm. Because often when you really step, when you codify a problem statement down to a sentence, right, so really simplify what problem you're trying to solve, often that problem has been solved before by someone else. Now, whether that's in your own industry or in a different industry is a different question, right? So we have the benefit of a collective set of knowledge from a variety of backgrounds. And then we also have the benefit of talking with folks like yourself, right, who have a, a unique vantage point across industries. So we, we try to leverage our network as well to really understand if that problem has been solved before to give us a, a leg up in, in understanding how a potential solution might brought to bear in our in our category for our company for our consumers
2: you mentioned you about 30 different people you know kind of worked on the the new launch and such can you talk a little bit about like how that team was formed and and what was the driving mission uh when you got into it and and what was the process you kind of went through to launch a new brand
1: what i'll say is part of the reason that this one was successful was all the stakeholders were lined up right so the challenge to our team was clear uh, there was a market opportunity that we found with consumers. There's a portfolio opportunity for us as a business. Our wholesalers were excited about a potential platform in this space, uh, and our retailers were excited about a potential platform in this space. Was
2: this a problem that your distributors in that saw, and you said you could take advantage of it, or is it something that you saw in the marketplace that was taking hold? What were the kind of the impetus to kind of decide that we're going to go down this particular track?
1: Well, so there were multiple things going on that um, so I'll try to touch on a few of them. One is, There was a very clear emotional opportunity in the world that that I think I touched on before that's um, essentially LDA, so 21 to 30-year-olds are are the target for this. Disproportionately, people entering the beer category at age 21 and up have a sweeter palate than those who have been in the category for a generation, let's say, so call it 50 plus. And part of that is something for us to reflect on our own portfolio and say, do we have a portfolio that really can fully serve the needs of these folks? Mm -hmm. And in this case, we found an opportunity to create something that uh, made people proud to drink it, proud to hold it, proud to tell the story of it. We have a, a behind the brew bit. It talks about how each of our beers is made. So our our Best Damn Root Beer, for example, is aged on real vanilla beans before it's uh, packaged or bottled or canned. Uh, It helps really communicate the the passion that our brewers take in brewing the product and therefore hopefully engender some of that passion in the end consumer. What we found was that is a disproportionately resonant message among younger so LDA to 30-year-old guys. Mm -hmm. So there was this tension emotionally where people were seeking something sweet, but didn't always feel comfortable in all settings drinking it because a lot of the sweeter things had potentially some, some brand baggage. But we felt like there was a complimentary opportunity for the portfolio in something that, that borrowed some of the quality cues and look and feel of uh, what, what you would commonly associate with maybe some of our craft brands,
2: but mm-hmm.
1: delivered on that sweeter profile that these consumers were looking for. So that marriage was the emotional tension and, and the, the consumer opportunity we found within our portfolio, we found that there was likely an incremental opportunity there as well. And then in working with our wholesalers and our retail partners, we found that for them, if we could create this as a platform that could do multiple things, it could potentially capture, really deliver on uh, on that consumer opportunity, do it in a way that's consistent as styles and specific style preferences evolve. So whether it's uh, a root beer, or you know, if you look broadly in the category, whether it's root beer, ginger ale, et cetera, et cetera, things that are in aren't currently in our, in our portfolio, the categories evolve uh, over time, right? And it mm-hmm. evolves in a PNG in the scent world, it evolves in the, the food world, uh, and it evolves in the beverage world and the alcohol world. And so we wanted to create something that could solve this emotional tension over time, and that was a resonant message with our broader ABI family, if you will, in addition to our internal ones.
0: That finishes up part one of Derek Mock's interview on Inside Outside Innovation. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss part two when he goes into detail about some of the learnings they gathered through this designing and branding process. We're working on a new project, too, here at I.O., in which we're going to feature your voice. If you've got a story about how you've implemented something you've learned about here or observed these concepts at work, let us know on Twitter at The I.O. Podcast or on iTunes We'll set up an interview and then compile the experiences into a special episode. While you're on Twitter, you can also follow the IO Summit to get updates on speakers and other happenings for the conference in June. You can also find tickets and more information at theiosummit.com. Until next time, go out and innovate.